Hello, welcome to the show. Today we're joined by Dr. Nathan Hutting. He is an associate professor at the Han University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands, as well as a practicing physiotherapist in a private setting. His commitment extends to various leadership roles, including his participation as an executive committee member of the Dutch Association for Manual Therapy and the member organization delegate of the Netherlands to the International Federation of Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapists. Furthermore, Dr. Hutton is an associate editor of DNC Musculoskeletal Disorders and a member of the International Advisory Board of Musculoskeletal Science and Practice. We are also joined by producer Neha Rao, and I am your host, Adhiti Pat. Dr. Hutton, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Really good to have you here. Um, one thing we ask everyone, and this is a sentence that I begin every episode with. <laughs> Is, can you share a little bit about what drew you to the field of physiotherapy and musculoskeletal research? Yeah, I did a lot of sports when I was younger. I was a, a professional mountain biker when I was young, in my younger age. And then I got injured. And uh, mm -hmm. of course, then I needed to be back on track for the national championships. And then I visited a physiotherapist in the Netherlands and, and she helped me uh, mm -hmm. to to become healthy again. And then that year I became second on the national championship. So that was a, was, was good. And, and then I thought I also want to support people with mm -hmm. injuries. Uh, and then of course I was really focused on sports. So I was, I thought that I would become a sports physiotherapist, but then I started physiotherapy and then eventually I became a manual therapist. So my specialization is in manual therapy. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I, I, I came in, uh, yeah, I, 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 I did my, my, my thesis for the physiotherapy ed education and then uh, I was very interested in research. So uh, from a physiotherapist, I then did my manual therapy specialization mm -hmm. and then I was involved into to research and, and I really liked that. And, and because of that background, I think my focus is mainly on the musculoskeletal conditions. But right. um, as a researcher, my focus is also broader on all uh, persistent conditions. Do you still play sports? Uh, I do some running and some fitness. Uh, so I try to exercise almost every day because that's uh -huh. good for your health. Uh, and so that's that's nice to do, I guess. But now it's only for fun. Okay. <laughs> so you have a workshop at the conference title that's around the concept of person-centered care in musculoskeletal practice. Um, can you provide uh, us a brief overview of what do you mean when you say person-centered care and why is it important in healthcare settings? Yeah, I think we all, as professional healthcare professionals, we all want to provide the best care to our patients. But mm -hmm. in the past, it was more or less also focused on the healthcare provider. So we thought what, what, what would be the best for the patient and we provided that care. And person-centered care is really also looking at the person, the patient, regarding mm -hmm. the patient as a person. It's a person, of, so it has a real life, it has family. So that's very important. And then also, and that includes also the biopsychosocial perspective, because often we focus on the biomechanical aspects of the condition. So on, on, on the pain and on the workplace, the, how they sit and how they stand, for example, mm -hmm. uh, or those kinds of things. But we forget about all those other things, about their supports, about their family, about mm -hmm. stress levels, because it can also be anxiety when you are in persistent pain, for example. 
and then really working together with that person, sharing the power and responsibility for managing the condition. That's also about uh, person-centered care. And then you really build a therapeutic alliance with that person and then you work together. And that means that the treatment is really individualized. It's not a general guideline-based treatment. It's really an individualized treatment with also involving the patient in setting goals. So I don't, I don't set the goals for the patient. It's the patient who sets their own goals. And then you support the patient in the decision-making process. So the patient is in the center and we, we support the patient to, to make their own health choices and to be in, in the lead of, of, of managing their condition. And I think for me, that's kind of person-centered care. It's really about about the, the, the person, about the patient, I guess. And I mean, now working in a healthcare setting for a while, I know that that is the ideal that we have to strive for. But of course, it's more challenging to actually put it in place. Um, so your work and your work is primarily based in Netherlands, right? But you yeah. also have an idea of what happened in the US and New Zealand, other parts of the country, other parts of the globe. Um, what are some challenges that you face when you have to put a person-centered care? Yeah, so I think that practice? yeah, it's a very good good question. I think that the, the problem is the same in all countries. It's not a problem in the Netherlands because so so I will also talk about the framework that we have developed for person-centered care, and that's has yeah. some some themes. It's about biopsychosocial understanding of the person's experience. It's about person-focused communication and supported self-management. And, and that is really lacking uh, because people don't know how to support the self-management of a person in pain. Because we did some research and also research was done in other countries that we just do education and we are not really supporting the patient in obtaining problem-solving skills, which is the main key feature of, of self-management and self-management support. So it's about knowledge and, and also about some blind spots because uh, therapists and, and and also doctors, they think they are doing some self-management support, but basically they're doing just education. So right. I hope that we can change and we can add some knowledge uh, to, to the healthcare providers so that they will be better equipped to provide person-centered self-management support because self-management is really part, from, from my perspective, of a patient, of a person-centered centered approach. And also, mm -hmm. as mentioned before, that biopsychosocial understanding is really important because often when people support, when, when, when doctors or, or, or physiotherapists support people in pain, they also really focus on those biomechanical aspects and they give mm -hmm. exercises, do some heat, some eyes, give some advices, but they yeah. forget also to focus on what I said before, on the family, on the surroundings, on the environment, all those other kinds of things uh, because it can have, 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 have major Give major challenges also with regard to income because people maybe are not able to work, they lose their income or part of their income. That that will also create some psychosocial aspects. Absolutely. So not only about causes, psycho biopsychosocial causes, but also the biopsychosocial consequences of living with a condition that's often neglected. And have you found ways to sort of overcome that? Oh, that's that's of course a huge, huge challenge, and that's where I'm working. <laughs> A few years on this right right now and and i think um just raising the awareness uh, and also telling people that the outcomes of our research so that 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 healthcare providers are not doing 
the greatest job at this moment. And then, of course, the kind of workshop like like we will do very soon can also mm-hmm. can also be helpful for clinicians to get some additional skills how they can provide uh, this kind of person-centered care or person-centered self-management support because it's not really that difficult. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, often systems are also not really uh, are really helpful because often and I'm a physiotherapist. Uh, we have 30 minutes for patients and we see them several weeks uh, after uh, after week after week but but in a for self management support you need sometimes some more time for example so also systems are not really helpful and these are more difficult to change of mm-hmm. course but uh, i think i think some awareness uh, i think some knowledge and skills mm-hmm. i think that's the first important stop, step um what is the one thing you would tell physicians to move towards person centered care so if you could talk to a room full of physicians and you have yeah. to say person centered care is important here is one thing you can do to start today what would that one thing be so 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 i think that uh, all healthcare providers should realize what sh- what should make me comfortable when i would be a patient so i i unfortunately i i was a patient i am a patient because i also have some 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 back problems uh, so mm-hmm. i was in the hospital um, and and i was also <laughs> it scared me a little bit because uh, that was not really the care that, that I, I wanted. So replace yourself into a patient and provide the care, the time, the interest in the patient. Uh, be clear to the patient. Make sure he understand, he or she understands it all. Make sure that you have the patient perspective incorporated in your treatment plan. So just, mm-hmm. I think that's a good start. Treat your patient yeah. as you would love to be treated as well when you would be a patient. I think that's really good advice. Um, and your experiences as a patient clearly influence your experiences as a physiotherapist. So I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, maybe one thing, sure, sure, to add that because um, I, I because I became a patient after I had some knowledge about self management. I did a self management master training course in the US, oh. so I had I have all those skills, and mm-hmm. I, I am able to manage my condition for two and a half years right now. And I, I would love that all patients also have all those skills because, uh, and I think it's our task as healthcare providers to make sure that all patients have these skills that I already had and they, those were very helpful uh, to me. So, so are you saying that you would like to raise awareness of self-management techniques for the patients? Yeah, I think that, and I think that, that we have healthcare providers should really support people in obtaining those 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 skills because these these skills are mm-hmm. very helpful and I was lucky that I had those skills and I was able to manage my condition right. of course but many patients don't have those skills because they don't they don't have that master training course that right. they followed for example and that's also our task as healthcare providers to make sure that mm-hmm. we support people in pain with obtaining these mm-hmm. skills. I hear you. No, for sure. Um, and I can see how if I walked in as a patient, that information would be really useful to me. And I would yeah. really like that. Um, more knowledge is better is what I always say. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you did a course in the U.S. Uh, you're part of various associations and committees, like I mentioned, uh, including the International Federation of Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapists. Um, can you talk about your cross-cultural experiences or any insights that you've gained from these experiences and how they've informed your approach to patient care? Yeah, I think um, before I was internationally active, 
I had that, that, that focus on, on my profession, physiotherapy in the Netherlands, and I thought, this is physiotherapy. And then a few years ago, it was one of my first conferences in the, uh, uh, outside of the Netherlands, and I, and I came into Egypt, and, and mm -hmm. it was totally different compared to the physiotherapy in the Netherlands. So physiotherapy is different in every country. And of course, there are major things that are the same, but the profession is different. And that is something that opened my eyes because we think as, as a profession, a global profession, but there are major differences. Uh, and also the challenges might vary between countries because mm -hmm. uh, in the European countries, for example, and in the US, there are providers everywhere. But in Africa, for example, uh, or other low-income countries, it's very difficult. They have, they have really different challenges than we here in, in the Netherlands have, for example. So that's, that's good to be aware of mm -hmm. that those perspectives in the profession are very different in every country. So can you talk about, um, so you mentioned that there are differences, but would you be able to pinpoint what those differences are for listeners who don't know? Yeah, so no, just, just, just the access to care, for example. So when I want to go to a physiotherapist, I have uh, here in the area, I have many practices. Mm -hmm. When you are living in, in Africa, uh, there are not all practices everywhere. Resources are very limited in those countries. So we have yeah. all kinds of machines, equipment, everything here, but there they are lacking all those technology, for example. The, 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 the perspectives of the patients are also different. The cultural mm -hmm. beliefs um, are also different in every country. So those kind of things are very important to realize. And of course, I'm not working in Africa. Uh, so yeah. for me, I don't need to know everything about it. But when you talk about uh, self-management, for example, mm -hmm. uh, and you also talk to, you want to, to people in Africa to know about this, then you should also keep in mind the cultural aspects of self-management. Yeah, because maybe that's not accepted in in, in some countries, for example, people are really um, think that the doctor or the physical therapist knows it all and they do what the doctor tells them to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then when I talk about self-management, that might be difficult in some countries because it's not really acceptable there. So those kind of things are very yeah. important to know. And it's nice to have a global profession um, okay. and it's nice to learn from each other because I also mm -hmm. learn from those different perspectives, of course. Of course. And I can tell by the way that you're, um, I think the way that you're doing a workshop and your keynote as well, uh, these influences do come across very strongly. But coming to your keynote, um, it's focused on work-focused healthcare and musculoskeletal back practice. Can you shed some light about what your keynote is going to be and what listeners can expect out of it? Yeah, so, so one of the things that we also found in research is that, of course, we provide care to our patients, but the work and the work environment of the patient is not often addressed. So we do ask the patient, what kind of work do you do? How many hours do you work? But then it stops. Um, and sometimes that's not a problem because the work has no influence on the complaints or the complaints don't influence the work. But often the work can be part of the cause of the complaints. Mm -hmm. But if not, then I, I think that almost every complaint has an influence on the work environment. So if people have right. a skiing accident, they broke their leg, they can't, they can't do everything. The work was not involved as a cause of that problem, but they mm -hmm. are not able to do every task on their work. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so that has also an influence. So we should really be aware of that and talk about uh, that the, the influence 
of the complaint on their work, but also on the, the possible causes of uh, of the work uh, with regard to their complaints. And then not only talk about it and, and so to talk about it, but also integrate it in our treatment plans okay. so that we can also focus on on, on work-related problems, because that can be very, work can be a major barrier for recovery. And if mm -hmm. you do not overcome that barrier, then people will be sick listed longer than necessary, I guess. So it's important to have some 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 knowledge about that and some, some questions you could ask and, and some focus areas to really address that, uh, that topic with your patients. We talked a little bit um, before we started recording about this, but um, I was talking to another guest of ours uh, who mentioned that in Netherlands, the disciplines in a hospital are really different from each other. And there is very little communication or very little osmosis sort of that happens between them. So physiotherapists have little idea of what general physicians are doing. But so how does that communication gap get solved? Yeah, or so what I, can a physiotherapist do in order to ensure that an information that a general physician might have, um, they can sort of incorporate the same thing? Yes, and, and, and the problem is even bigger when you focus on, on work. So the, the, the regular uh, healthcare system is really separated from the occupational healthcare system in the Netherlands. Right. So with regard to the to, to, to the the, the doctor who works in the hospital and the physiotherapist, they communicate mm -hmm. with each other, but they, the, there's lack of communication between the physiotherapist and the doctor and the occupational health physician, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so because those are really separated systems. And, and, and we are trying to overcome that. Uh, and one of the important things is know, know from each other. So know what the other discipline is doing. Know the added value of that discipline. And it also gives you uh, the example that, that uh, before we had this meeting that that, that even in the Netherlands, uh, we have a specialization in occupational health physiotherapy and many general physiotherapists are not aware of that specialization. And if they are aware, they don't know what is the added value of that specialization. So that is mm. a, a good example of that. You should first be aware of other healthcare professions right. of the added value, and then you should create a personal network, a uh, communication network, so that you can also uh, contact that, that that other provider in case you have any mm. any questions, and you should really work together with them. And it's not always. Sometimes people are a little bit afraid of sending a patient to another healthcare provider, but you can also um, work really work together. And you don't need to send the patient away. You can also mm. uh, ask for some knowledge from that other healthcare provider or some advice, yeah. for example. And that's I think that that's something that we should do more often. Have there been any things that you have found particularly helpful in your practice? Yeah, so 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 um, I think you should do a little preparation, of course, because right. if you will wait... I'm, until I'm guessing it can't be just like a simple file, right? A file that goes with the patient from one person to the other. <laughs> yes, of course, that, that, that is totally true, of course. But I think that it's really... Um, um, don't wait until somebody else approaches you, but make sure you create that kind of network in advance. Because when you mm -hmm. have that patient, then you can use that network. And of course, in some research project, we're working on that, uh, on that uh, for different conditions, so that we have a better network, and that there's also the same communication. Because sometimes a doctor says uh, this to the patient, and the physiotherapist says something else to the patient, and that's mm. very frustrating for the patient. Right. So right. people also speak with the same mouth, the same word, use the same words. So be prepared of that. Make that network, and 
and have some some context that you frequently use because otherwise the patient will get lost in translation as well. So the reason I asked the question was because I had an experience very similar to this. Um, I think it was about five years ago I had a knee injury because I got very ambitious one time trekking in Bhutan. Um, long story, but the doctor said something else and then the physiotherapist would say something else. And it was very frustrating for me to sort of, because then the onus was on me as a patient to make sure that I was getting the care that I deserved and I had to continue fighting for the yeah. sort of to get the care that I deserved. And in India, um, you walk into any clinic, any hospital, and you don't get more than five minutes with the doctor just because of the footfall that's happening in the hospital. So, of course, there are multiple challenges that surround that. So, this is a cause that's very dear. Like that, I, I, I care about it, and I want to make sure that, you know, um, it doesn't continue happening. So, just out of pure selfishness is why I asked the question. But... You're clearly someone who's contributing to both research and practice in the healthcare sector. And you're also somebody who deeply cares about person-centered care. Do you have any advice for physiotherapists who are just starting out or who are still studying um, or other healthcare professionals? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I think um, forget a little bit about the past and maybe new graduates don't know about the past, but I think that's, Profession is changing, musculoskeletal care is changing. We are really more focused on active approaches uh, and, and, and on those self-management approaches. There's more research coming that also provides some evidence for that. So I think that we should really be more working as a coach and not really uh, do our treatment or specific treatments. Of course, I'm a manual therapist, so those specific treatments, right. manual therapy, massage therapy can be part of those active approaches, they can be helpful, but really uh, make that people feel strong and feel supported and have high self-efficacy, feel confident. I think that is our main task. And I think that you should work as a clinician to achieve that with your patients. It's not about you, it's about the patient and the confidence of the patient. And that's something that I think you should keep in mind when you start in the profession, really trying to achieve that with your patients. I really like that. And as somebody who was a patient, uh, I really like that you're pushing for this. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time, Dr. Hatting. Um, this has been wonderful. It was nice talking um, to you. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you.